Good morning, City Church. It is Tuesday of Holy Week, Tuesday morning of the week before Easter. Pray that you are well this morning. Uh, today we're going to continue the journey uh, along with Jesus as we prepare for Good Friday and uh, and then Easter this weekend. So we'll be in John chapter 18. We'll be in John chapter 18, and we will start today in verse 15. Again, what we're doing here is trying to center our minds on the events leading up to Jesus's um, death and resurrection um, so that we can be in tune with what God is doing in this season and what he's done for us, um, even in the midst of our circumstances today. And we're going to meditate and pray together on this. So I'll read a little bit and offer some comments um, along the way in our short time together today. John chapter 18, verse 13. Simon Peter was following Jesus, as was another disciple. That disciple was an acquaintance of the high priest, so he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter remained standing outside by the door. So the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the girl who was the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who was the doorkeeper said to Peter, You aren't one of this man's disciples, are you? I am not, he said. Now the servants and the officials had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. They were standing there warming themselves, and Peter was standing with them, warming himself. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus answered him. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple, where all the Jews congregate, and I haven't spoken anything in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who heard what I told them. Look, they know what I said." When he had said these things, one of the officials standing by slapped Jesus, saying, Is this the way you answer the high priest? If I have spoken wrongly, Jesus answered him, give evidence about the wrong. But if rightly, why do you hit me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, and they said to him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man uh, of a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, "Didn't I see you with him in the garden?" Peter denied it again. Immediately, a rooster crowed. Then I'd also like to add to that Luke's um, account of Peter's final denial of Christ. This is from Luke twenty-two. Verse 60, but Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. And that's the word of the Lord from John chapter 18. And then also from Luke chapter 22. This account of Peter denying Jesus three times is, yes, something that Jesus predicted, something that Jesus knew was going to happen. 
Um, but what you see in especially John's account is you have this back and forth with Peter's denial, and then you have Jesus before Annas being trialed, and then back to the f- um, uh, to the final part of Peter's denial. And I think that is more than um, simply a chronological account. There's something theological that's happening in what John is telling us here. We get a picture of two different people. If you've been following along with City Church in our sermons or in even this podcast, we've been talking a lot about what it means, especially in this time, to be a non-anxious presence. And here you have a um, you have a juxtaposition of Jesus as this non-anxious presence and Peter as the very opposite. Peter is first questioned by a servant girl. So think about about a young, very unintimidating um, servant. So th- we're talking about the lowest, and a, and a female, especially in this society, we're talking about the lowest rung of societal influence. There is no physical violence to be offered here, and Peter, afraid, turns and denies Jesus. Jesus, on the other hand, is in front of Annas, the high priest, and also in front of these Roman soldiers who are fully armed, um, are ready with weapons to beat him. And yet Jesus stands on the truth and he answers this question, these accusations, you know, he, he, um, he actually turns it back onto Annas and said, why are you questioning me here? There were plenty of people who heard what I testified to. I I did not try to hide myself. And then after he is hit, instead of Jesus either shrinking back in fear or even recoiling in anger, Jesus simply reasons with Annas. Why would you hit me? Either I have spoken wrongly. If I've spoken wrongly, then you need to give evidence about that. Or if I'm right, then why is it that you hit me? And then Annas, of course, turns him over to Caiaphas. Peter, on the other hand, continues in his fearful denial of Christ. You aren't one of his disciples, says a man warming himself outside of the temple courts. He says, I am not. And then another one, one of the high priest servants. Again, these are servants coming. Jesus is in front of the high priest. Jesus is on trial with all of the people of position and power. Peter is outside the gates being asked by servants, and Peter is denying. And then in Luke, you have this account of on this third um, denial of Christ, this rooster crow. And then you have these two people the Lord Jesus Christ standing before everyone who thinks they have power and authority, looking at Peter who stands before servants and young girls and is even afraid of them and their eyes meet. And it is Peter who, it seems, has saved himself, who is the one who weeps bitterly, not Christ who not only stands on the truth but is the truth. Think about it. Jesus is the one being flogged. Jesus is the one being mocked. Jesus is the one who is in mortal danger. Peter is the one who in fear has saved himself. And yet, it is Peter who weeps bitterly. City Church, that is a picture of the difference in being grounded in the sovereignty and the love of our Father as Jesus was. The things that appear to have power over us, we are able to stand up to, to not shrink back from, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death knowing he is with us. On the other hand, like Peter, 
if everything we are is simply this picture that we've made up of what the good life is that is, in Peter's case, was apart from God. Um, in, in Peter's case, it was a non-crucified king. In Peter's case, it was a government that would leave him alone. And so when that was threatened, Peter responded only in fear. But Jesus here is the non-anxious presence. Now, I don't know exactly what Jesus felt when he looked at Peter. We certainly know that Peter felt regret, guilt. He wept bitterly. He knew that he was a traitor. And I can only imagine from John chapter 21 in a a passage that we have already prayed through and discussed here um, that in Jesus's restoration of Peter, that at this moment, Jesus is feeling love as Jesus will come back later and question Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter has to answer. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. What is implied there is Jesus never questioned his love for Peter. And so I would imagine that the look that he got from Jesus that caused Peter to weep bitterly was not a look of condemnation or judgment or, oh, you sell out, but it was a look of love. Think about that city church. Is it not the grace of God that humbles us to tears? It is not God's sternness, but his love for us, even as our sin hurts him. It is him looking back with love that melts us. Um, Parents, you know this in your children, sometimes with your children. It is looking at your children with eyes of love, not of anger or bitterness towards their action that actually breaks through their hard hearts when they sin against you or are disobedient to you. And so when we see Jesus' eyes look at us in our um, traitorous sort of denial of him, that can cause us to weep bitterly for some of us in shame. But I would urge you to look towards Peter's restoration in John 21, which comes after the resurrection, to look towards the non-anxious presence that Peter becomes in the book of Acts after Christ restores him. That is what God is making us into with his resurrection. That is who Jesus is calling us to be as we follow him in discipleship and cross-bearing. City Church, do not be afraid of the dark. Do not be afraid of the authorities and the powers that are coming against us in this dark time. Do not be afraid of disease. Do not be afraid of government. Do not be afraid of shame or rejection from neighbor or family or friend. Do not be afraid of betrayal. Because of Christ, your identity is you are buried with him in baptism and raised to newness of Christ. So you are more Jesus than you are Peter. Just like Peter is more Jesus than he is Peter after the resurrection. So do not be afraid. Yes, we weep bitterly when we realize what we have done to Jesus. But we also realize that what Jesus went through on the cross was to make us more Jesus than Peter. And for that, we rejoice. And so City Church, let's have a moment of silence. And then I'd like to lead us in a prayer today, simply that when we see Jesus look at us, that it will both humble us to weep bitterly over our sin, but will also embolden us as we know what he is doing to pay for our sin. Let's be silent together.
Heavenly Father, as we approach this Easter Sunday, one, it just feels incredibly heavy to think about what Christ went through on the cross, and we do want to identify with that sort of lament and mourning this week. And yet, Father, we know that you do not look at us with eyes of condemnation in our betrayal of you. You look at us with eyes of love and forgiveness. And you went through with the cross, Jesus. You went through with the cross because of that love for us. You knew about our betrayal ahead of time. And that is exactly what put you on mission to the cross. So, Father, right now, I pray that your church receives that and that our day today would be filled with looks of love from you that would humble us because we know our sin, but also embolden us because we know that you loved us enough to go for the to the cross for us. Thank you for loving traitors and deniers like us. Make us like you into the image of your son, Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.